You're listening to Solar Insiders, a fortnightly update on the ins and outs of the solar industry and what it means for solar owners and industry, with Renew Economies editor Giles Parkinson and leading solar industry veteran Nigel Morris. Solar Insiders is brought to you by Clenergy, providers of innovative, high-quality solar solutions to the world. SunWiz, Australia's leading service provider to the solar and storage industry. And Solar Analytics, developing smart solar software you can trust for homes, businesses and solar retailers right here in Australia. Hello and welcome to this latest episode of the Solar Insiders podcast. My name is Giles Parkinson. I'm the editor of Renew Economy and also one step off the grid and the EV focus website of The Driven. And joining me is Solar Analytics co-host Nigel Morris. And Nigel, I think I just heard a tink of glass there. Tell me, please tell me you've made it home from the Sundowners event last night. <laughs> Actually, yes, I did make it home. I'm not, I'm not back home yet, though it's been a long day, I have to say. Uh, question, Giles, how do you make, 18, how do you make an $18,000 bar tab vanish in 60 minutes? Oh, I don't know, Nigel. What's the answer? In, invite solar people to a Sundowners event at the Opera Bar. At the Opera Bar. Sounds fantastic. Many people, I guess. Or <laughs> How many people do you need to actually drink $18,000 in an hour? <laughs> well, not many, solar, it, not many got, solar people. Or has <laughs> it got something to do with the bar prices at the uh, Opera House Bar? Well, I suspect it was a bit of both, my friend, but uh, it was actually spectacular. It was an absolutely glorious night in Sydney, quite warm. Um, the Opera Bar's outside just looking over the... The Harbour Bridge in Sydney, so just you know, magical, magical evening. And did you get the uh, pink every- supermoon. Did we what? Did you get the pink supermoon? That's the new. The, the full moon rose last night, and it was a pink. Uh, it was a supermoon because the moon was the closest it gets to the Earth trajectory, and it was a pink supermoon. You, you are quite right. Um, unfortunately, not because we were tucked down behind the opera house, so um, we missed that from the perspective that we had. But I, you, you're, you're right. My good wife, um, my good wife reminded me of that. Um, but we didn't see that. But we did have a lovely time. It was wonderful to see. You know, I reckon two hundred, maybe three hundred people. It was absolutely packed. Everyone just super excited to be out and uh, seeing people face-to-face. So great night, great oh, night. Mm. Actually, you know, talk about, have I told you about my um, embarrassment? I, I might have actually about the uh, reporting on how um, um, some first solar solar farm was generating power from the moonlight in California. No. <laughs> was, this on, was this on crap solar? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was actually a story published on Renew Economy, would you believe? It actually came that same trip when we went to San Francisco um, for oh. the um, InterSolar event. And before that, yes. I was travelling around um, visiting solar farms. And uh, I went to see a solar farm um, owned by First Solar in sort of Southern California. And um, and the guy there, the operations guy, was actually telling me, and he was just showing me this graph and said, look, it's even at night with the solar, there was the full moon, um, and it was all generating a little bit of electricity. And I went, really? <laughs> Really? You sure? And um, look, it's one of those stories where you sort of got to test your gut instinct. I did actually check. I said, are you sure about this? <laughs> they go, yeah, 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 yeah. So I actually published a story about it and it got tweet. I mean, it just went completely mad because. I got, it, you know, yeah. yeah. And then about a day or two later, first solar rang me up and go, ah. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Kidding. Not kidding. No, we just got it wrong. I mean, they were there. They listened to this guy, and I said, yeah, really? And, um, yeah, not quite true enough, I'm afraid. Wow. Um, yes. Gosh. I mean, 
Uh, it took me a while to live that one down, but um, anyway. <laughs> well, we've yeah. both had plenty of mea culpas. Well, know. look, there you Can't go. push boundaries yeah. without mea culpas. Now, any scoops you got from the um, Sundowners event? Um, well, a couple of nice quotes, actually. A couple of really interesting things that people said. One, one which I think is a quote of the year, uh, quote of the year referencing the fact that, you know, AGL have kind of got to the point where they've got to completely restructure their business um, as a consequence of renewables and the changes that it's uh, forcing on the grid. And so <laughs> one, uh, one lovely guy I was chatting to said, you know, solar just killed a 100-year-old business. <laughs> there's ever a sign that we're material it's that the fact that uh you know this industry can now kill businesses um and uh so i thought that was quite telling um and and the other thing that i thought was just a lovely bit of feedback from a, from a listener he, he chimed up and he said i haven't I haven't listened to solar insiders for a while and i listened to your latest episode the other day and i have to say it was like putting on a pair of old slippers Sinking back into a warm armchair surrounded by old friends. Thank you, Solar Insiders. That's very nice. What a lovely way to describe, you know, the two of us prattling on. That was it was such a nice bit of feedback. So uh, good on your listeners. Great, great to hear that people are enjoying the show. And if there's any more feedback like that, then please send it through. Send you the check. I was getting a little bit worried when you hesitated when you said, you know, like putting on a pair off, and I was going, oh no, what's going to be? But, um, <laughs> no, that's great. Old slippers. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be compared to old slippers. Old yeah. slippers. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Me too. Mate, um, look, there's a lot of news about, but we've got some news too. Or well, you've got some news, or we've both got some news because there's a, um, there's next, there's, there's going to be another podcast for uh, dear listeners to listen to. Um, this one, um, it's not going to be you and me, Nigel, it's just going to be you, but you're going to be talking to all the people out there in the industry, sort of in, 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 in expanding on those sort of interview slots that we had last year. Um, and you had the great idea to actually expand these um, greatly and go into real detail because people were really interested. Um, tell us more about it. Yes. Um Delighted to announce uh, Great Solar Business, a whole new podcast. Um, every fortnight I'm going to interview a solar business owner or someone really influential in the industry, but focusing most on mostly on people who are in the business. I'm going to explore topics. We're going to try and answer the question, what makes a great solar business? And there are so many questions to answer when it comes to that. Um, so we'll be talking to people about the techniques that they use, the technology that they use, the business processes that they use. We'll be learning from the past. So, you know, getting some insights from people about what has worked or perhaps what hasn't worked. Uh, and also really looking to the future because the goal of this show really is to help solar businesses get ready for the changes that are coming um, so that their business can thrive. So, um, yeah, we're really, really excited. The first episode's in the can, as they say. So that's... Um, that's sitting in uh, uh, in the back rooms, being edited up and tidied up right now. That'll go out. I've got uh, a very esteemed. I had a very esteemed first guest, but I've got a, a very esteemed second guest already lined up for the nep- next episode as well, where we're going to explore a, a whole other topic, and there'll be a different topic every fortnight. Um, and we've even um, even got a great sponsor who's come on board. So thanks to Solar Juice for supporting us. Maybe we should have called the program another pair of old slippers. Um, (laughs) 
Because <laughs> I, I can sort of feel already that it's going to it's, it's going to have the same status. You know, sort of, um, you know, you might be pretty bad at the job. But um, no, look, um, and and look, that's great stuff, Nigel. Good luck with that, and um, and listeners, um, I hope you sort of jump on board, and um, it'll be distributed through the same channels. And um, so, I'm um, great to get your feedback on that one, Nigel. We better start talking about the uh, the the real news of the week. Well, actually, I suppose what we heard is the real news of the week, but. Um, the big um, news. So there's been a lot going on in uh, in the big end of town, hasn't there? Look, I've just been looking at my newsletter. It's got rooftop solar in the headline of every second story. Um, huge. Now, look, where you're, clear, you're clearly not the prime minister. <laughs> oh, yeah, did that was great. That Scotty goes solar. Scott Scott Morrison. I've actually put out a video on this. Was going out. You know, it's, it, it would be out there now. Um, Scott Morrison visited a solar farm. Um, this is the first time that anyone in Scott Morrison's cabinet has visited a solar farm. And guess what? He managed to actually spend all this time at the Chichester Solar Farm, which is being built by Alinta for the iron ore mines operated by Twiggy Forest. And Twiggy Forest showed him around and stuff like that. And then they had a press conference afterwards. And Twiggy Forest started off saying, you know, there's lots of wind and solar and um, there's miles of panels of solar panels here. And now we're going to have gigawatts of this stuff, you know, green hydrogen. And Scott Morrison manages to hold a press conference and doesn't want to mention the word solar. So, um, what's going on, Scotty, from marketing? Oh, what's going no, on? I don't know. Look, Honestly, mate. I, th- I think I, th- I think he fears that if he did mention solar, then he would be struck down um, yes. by a you know probably from the sky, from the sky, from the sky after dark. You know, sort of lightning bolt, um, sort of right through his. Um, Right through his um, right through his slippers. Um, Come on, Scotty, um, give us a plug for goodness' sake. Which is a bit of a shame because, as we've discovered in this last week, so let's go through some of the major things that we've mm. seen. So, mm. rooftop solar um, provided thirty no forty seven point seven percent of daytime generation in South Australia in the March quarter. Now that's just between ten o'clock and three thirty in the afternoon, but forty seven point seven percent of that total generation over the three months. Extraordinary goodness. goodness, that's like half of the grid power demand is come from rooftop solar in that period, and that's why the average price for electricity, wholesale electricity, in that period was minus $12 for the whole quarter, not just like you know, one event of going into negative prices, which is what all we used to see. Um, now it's just sort of that's the average minus $12 for South Australia for the whole first quarter in between the hours of 10 and 3 30. Um, quite extraordinary. Rooftop solar played a critical role along with large-scale wind and large-scale solar in um, just the overall grid. So we had uh, basically record low prices, uh, the biggest falls in prices, um, record low emissions, um, record low output from coal power, um, gas down to 15-year lows, and all the while um the grid stayed secure there was no blackouts and even better some clever uh, inverted tuning from um our friends over at sma um has successfully removed the um the um um system strength issues up in queensland so they had quite a a, a lot of curtailment there's about five or six solar farms up there and a wind farm that were told to sort of switch off or switch down to half their output at certain times they changed the inverter sessions Zero curtailment from system strength issues in the March quarter. Isn't that fantastic? What do you say? What do you say when, when you know, you're, you're overturning incumbent industries that have perhaps been a little bit slow to move? Uh, uh, the merit order effect that we've been talking about for decades is actually just happening day after day after day. And half of a state's energy is coming from renewables. I know. It's great. It's My great. 
goodness. And look, the records go on because also over in Western Australia, um, they had their record share of rooftop solar generation um, just last month on Saturday, March the 13th, 65.5% share of rooftop solar. Now, that's not actually as much as you can get in South Australia, which can get to 100%, you know, sort of the amount being generated from rooftop solar panels in that state can be equivalent to the whole of the state's demand at that time. But in South Australia, of course, they've got a connection to another grid to Victoria so they can export their excess power. In Western Australia, they don't have any links to any other states. It's, it's, uh-huh. a, it's, sort of, it's a unique sort of separate grid. So that has to be a world record for a grid of that size. And it's really quite extraordinary, 65.5%. Um, um, from rooftop solar at about one thirty in the afternoon on the Saturday. And um, rooftop solar grew another 300 megawatts in Western Australia last year. That's 24% up from this, what it was the previous year. There's now 1.5 gigawatts of it. So what they put in last year, 300 megawatts, was equivalent to the capacity of the biggest coal-fired generator in the state. So um, just the speed of the transition, Nigel, is um, is pretty amazing. It is, it is, and it's, I mean, you know, I'm almost lost for words, Giles, at, at the speed of this transition. It's a champagne for everyone, I say. You know, we're, we're actually here now, right? We're so material that we're just having this massive impact all the time, and it's not slowing down. You know, there's just more going on um, all the time. Um, you know, listening to, to people last night at the uh, Sundowners event, um, a majority of people were talking about how even though the market goes up and down a bit, which we might come back to, but, uh, you know, demand is still there. Um, mm. We're going to have another bumper year, clearly. Mm. And, um, you know, imagine where we'll be this time next year, John. Well, exactly, exactly. And look, maybe we're being helped up by COVID. People aren't going on skiing holidays over in Aspen and stuff like that. So they're buying all sorts of stuff, including, you know, more rooftop solar and, and, and batteries and, and, and things like that. A mm-hmm. um, couple of other things. Um, oh, look, just the, um, the thing that you um, put in a little running sheet, which was the ACCC. This is, I mean, look, it's the same theme, but this is actually sort of direct you know, what we've seen last week was that um, those falls in wholesale electricity prices, driven largely by rooftop solar, plus also large-scale wind and solar, is mm-hmm. now starting to translate into electricity bills. So the bills are coming down, the, the, the standard offers, uh, of the default market offers, which is the compulsory ones for people who don't shop around, are uh, falling significantly. So that's the benefits of those wholesale prices flowing through to consumers. Mm-hmm. But um, $900 million dollars, Apparently, rooftop solar saved nine hundred million dollars. Was was that was just Queensland? Um, uh, the the estimated savings brought about by this. But the ACCC made the comment. You know, when asked, are all retailers passing those savings on? The ACCC's feedback was, not really, not really. There's still a huge opportunity out there. And the ACCC in this article was kind of. You know, they they pretty clearly implied they'd had a quiet word to some of the retailers about the fact that, you know, millions, hundreds of millions of dollars has been saved for the wider community, for all electricity consumers as a result of solar particularly, uh, and that they were just watching quite carefully to make sure that those savings were being passed on. And um, so far, uh, that hasn't always been the case. So great to see the ACCC out there making sure that the community is getting the benefits that they should from solar delivering on the merit order effect. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. 
And look, there's a couple of other things too. There's still a bit of debate. Um, one about the um, so, well, to the you know, two of the changes that are coming on um, or have come on. One about the um, the solar switch off. Um, mm. Now we've talked about solar switch off. There's actually quite a good piece by Gabrielle Cooper and um, formerly of the AEMC, um, and also Steve Bloom, the chair of the Smart Energy Council, just sort of saying, look. This solar switch off, look, it's all very well, but there's probably a smarter way of doing things. And look, they're not the only people to have said that. I mean, I think um, people um, who, particularly the people who understand the technology really well, have made the same observation. Um, I guess the switch off is probably something which seems to be needed. And if it's only deployed once or twice or three times a year, then it won't affect it too much. But um, a really good piece and a really good point put forward by them that sort of saying, well, look, if this does increase in um, in the number of incidents, and there's no reason to suspect it wouldn't, if we're going towards this sort of massively rooftop solar grid, then there's, there might be smarter ways of of, of doing it. And um, I think that's a fair call. Definitely a fair call. Couldn't agree more. There there are so many smarter ways of doing it, um, and um, you know we've chatted about them uh, at length over the last few episodes, particularly. So. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and, you know, we've seen two events already. Um, we came close to a third and um, may have even seen a little warning coming about a potential fourth one. So, you know, these events are clearly going to happen. Um, um, and uh, I'm, 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 with, I'm with the guys there that there are some very smart things to do. And there are also some benefits that should flow on, like the savings to consumers from, you know, the broader uh, issues that we were talking about previously. Um, there are some benefits that should flow from these barriers putting in place, being put in place. And let's face it, they are barriers. When you turn someone solar off, that's a that's a that's a barrier. That's a disincentive. Mm-hmm. But the net result of that is that reliability should go up. That's a benefit to all consumers. And so there should be benefits that are flowing back. Uh, and for those owners who have have been forced to make the investment, there should be something in return. I would argue that uh, that they get. Uh, for, um, you know, shaving a little bit off the top in those events. So there's still a lot of work to do and there's a lot of um, a lot of discussion to have about how do we really make this smart. Yeah, well, look, and that was exactly the point that was made by um, Gabrielle and Steve, saying that um, bigger um, energy or big, bigger organisations get paid for when they, you know, they have things switched off um, under this sort of reversed reserve trader mechanism so why not households and look i actually think that sort of stuff is coming anyway um but it's good to remind people that um you know we just can't okay got the switch off mechanism let's do we'll, we'll just leave it like that now we've got to we've got to move on and i i think the same thing's happening with this this export tax now we've sort of been talking a lot about the export tax and it's, it's huge interest on our website every time we publish a story about the export taxes the good idea is the bad idea the sort of you know the the ratings the clicks go up and soar into orbit and stuff like that um and bruce mountain's come back for having have, have another go according to his calculations it won't be costing people two cents a kilowatt hour to um feed back into the grid it might be costing them four cents a kilowatt hour and he reckons i saw that, that. wow he reckons the calculations done by the amc um, are wrong and are mistaken. Um, it wouldn't be the first time a regulator has got a calculation wrong about rooftop solar. Um, AMC Gosh. has invited him to make a submission, which I'm sure he's going to do. <laughs> Good, um, Good on you. Yeah, you can just cut and paste the Renew Economy article and say, there's my submission. <laughs> and here's the other links to the other stories I've written. So um, there you go. But look, it's an interesting outcome. And look, once again, that is driven by some really good people, some really sound people who have a strong, sound argument. 
yes. about um, why you need this export tax if it actually sort of stops the sort of the arbitrary export limits that we've seen all across the place, and particularly in Victoria of late. Um, I guess it just comes down to sort of structure and pricing and um, and how that operates. So, um, look, you know, a really important debate, which we will keep um, encouraging on this program and on our websites. Well, indeed, and 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 I think the other point that's really important around this this came up on um, on a great solar business, uh, which uh, uh, was a point of discussion there because I've been talking to a lot of people about what's been happening in the market in April, and one of the comments that has been made uh, to me and to a number of other people uh, was that consumers hear what is being said. And if the message they hear is, oh, if you put solar on, you're going to be taxed, consumers will stop buying, right? It's, it's actually that simple. We have seen this happen over and over and over again when the government particularly gets the messaging wrong uh, or, 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 you know, uh, is anti-solar, um, um, which we have seen over the years, over 30 years, I've seen it quite a few times, when the government, someone comes out and says, you know, solar's evil and it's causing problems, consumers go, oh, well, I don't want to cause a problem. Maybe I shouldn't buy solar. People are fickle and they listen. And the whole solar tax issue, the issue of solar systems being switched off, it has had an impact on the market already. Uh, I rang, uh, just, just little old me, I rang about a dozen players yesterday, material players around the market, some of the very largest, in fact, I'm not mistaken, one of them was the largest. And then I rang uh, virtually all the wholesalers as well. And then I ran, uh, rang a bunch of installers and I ran a, a number of lead generators and various other people. And almost without exception, everybody told me that April was down compared to last year. Now, there are a number of factors in that, but the consistent one that kept coming up uh, was, uh, was the fear that is in the market uh, as a result of the um, uh, the solar tax and the other things that are going on out there. So, you know, the messaging around this stuff is really, really important. And um, I just wanted to remind the regulators that, you know, when you get this messaging wrong, you can destroy people's businesses. You are, you are having a direct influence on the flow of, of uh, sales into the market. And it's needless. It's needless. It can be managed better. Mm, no, absolutely. We're just going to take this opportunity to get a message from one of our sponsors. The energy world is rapidly changing. Solar Analytics will give you the data to navigate this new energy landscape. Solar Analytics helps solar businesses save time and deliver better service to their customers by assuring their savings. Their hardware is incredibly flexible and fast to install on residential and commercial applications. And their software provides a rich user interface and satellite data with smart algorithms for simple automated performance monitoring. Visit solaranalytics.com.au, connect with your solar and make the most of your home energy. And of course, we'd like to thank all our sponsors, um, Solar Analytics, Sunwiz and Clinergy for their ongoing support of this program. Um, Nigel, um, what else is happening? Oh, we've got, we've got Clean, no, Smart Energy Council. Um, Smart Energy Council. 
the Smart Energy Council, Smart Energy Council Conference. We, we both struggled with that. It's oh, less nice. than two weeks. In fact, it'll be less than two weeks away by the time uh, this show goes to air, Giles, which is a little bit terrifying for anyone like me who's responsible for pulling booths together and doing presentations. Um, word on the street is that uh, registrations have actually exceeded already the last event. Um, so there, again, is clearly a huge pent-up demand for people to get together and... Um, slap each other on the back and have a good time and see all their old friends. But, you know, what this is about is uh, everyone catching up, learning about new products, learning about new technology, listening to amazing arrays of speakers. Um, uh, so it is clearly going to be huge. Um, you know, uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm a glutton for it. I've got three speaking gigs. I'm chairing oh, a panel. Uh, I'm going to a launch event. Um uh, I'm attending and attending and sponsoring the Solar Cutters event, and at the spare time, I'll be helping to manage the booth. So uh, it's going to be a busy, a busy few days, but um, um, it's looking like it's going to be an absolute cracker. First one in a couple of years. So um, get on down, folks. Get on down. Well, I'm going to be hopping in the old electric vehicle and um, sort of um, roaring down the highway. And um, oh, awesome! Obeying the speed limit, of course. And um, um, so looking forward to that. In fact, the whole Renew Economy um, and One Step Off the Grid team will be there. My goodness. Uh, there'll be one, two, three, four, five of us. So there you go. And so don't, wow. forget, don't forget to send us the invitations too to any events that um, launches and um, oh and um, soirees and um, um, other things that may be happening in the solar industry. So, um, yes, because... Um, it's going to be a great opportunity for us to actually sort of, you know, put faces to names and things like that and catch up and um, with um, old friends and, um, and meet new people. And, um, you know, sort of face-to-face contact is the, um, is the best way. What's the, what was the, um, what was the decorum? What was the, uh, what was the protocol at the, um, at the event um, this week, Nigel? Is it sort of fist bumps, handshakes, elbow bumps? What was going on? Oh, there was a bit of everything, actually. There was a little bit of everything. You know, I think um, I think it's fair to say most Australians are feeling fairly comfortable. Um, uh, there was the odd elbow bump, um, but there was, there was actually a fair bit of handshaking. And I must admit, there were one or two people who I just went up and hugged because I'd missed them so terribly. Um, so, you know, I think we all have to be cautious and careful and everyone was uh everyone was being um pretty well behaved but uh clearly there's some pent-up love sanitize those slippers i say sanitize those slippers. <laughs> um a bit, bit of a shout out we've got some um um some some uh, rather sad news um, what can you tell us, Nigel? Yeah, look, just a shout out to one of our industry peers. Um, we we won't mention his name, but one of our peers, um, uh, very very sadly, has been caught in India. Um, he was back there for a funeral and um, uh, has um, has been caught in the midst of what is a horrendous horrendous situation over in uh, in India. Um, we won't mention his name, but we want to give a huge shout out and a lot of love. Um, in fact, in fact, what am I saying? It's actually the second person um, because I know someone else uh, involved in our business from afar who is also uh, has contracted COVID. Mm-hmm. So it is a very, very dire situation over there. It's very difficult to know what to say or what to do, except to say that all our thoughts and prayers, if you're religious, are with uh, are with you and um, we pray for a speedy recovery um, do anything you can to support your, your your friends and peers and colleagues it was actually a really wonderful reminder to me of what a what a fantastic organization 
I work for because at the management level we made uh, had a conversation about how to support some of our colleagues and uh, there was universal support to extend quite uh, quite generous support um, mm. to try and do whatever we could in whatever way we could um, to make um, a, a difference for those people who are who are yeah. caught over there. So best wishes yeah. to everyone. Absolutely. Look, and this bloke, we won't mention his name. I mean, look, he's not just sort of stuck over there. He's caught COVID himself. He's lost members of his family. Um, they can't find hospitals. If people do are inquiring about this or do want to help, I'm sure they can get in touch with Nigel directly. Um, he may be able to yeah. share more details or, or advice on how they can help. But um, look, it's just a reminder that um, we are so lucky here in Australia. But Indeed. Um, um, places, um, things happening overseas, which um, sometimes they're not thinking about. But, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it is, I mean, it's a good reminder, actually, and it's a really good point you make about how excited we were last night. But I think uh, yeah, one of the things I did uh, did uh, do for our booth, for example, uh, is we have a, a hand sanitising uh, station available on our booth, and uh, I'd encourage everyone to be... Um, to be respectful and be courteous and uh, be a little bit cautious, um, especially in an event that big, um, you know. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Mate, what else is happening? Um, that's um, going to um, – I think I've run out of um, – I, th- I think I've run out of, of all the things I was going to say. Um, <laughs> but, um... <laughs> well, maybe, uh, maybe the one other thing to mention um, – actually, I've got two things to mention just to wrap the episode up. One, one is, uh, you know, going back to April a little bit. As I said, you know, almost without exception, everyone was talking about this slump. So it was a really good reminder – that you know we are on a solar coaster things do go up and down and um you know chatting with people last night and um with my guest on that great solar business uh we uh we talked about how to survive and i talked with one business actually last night and and he said oh yeah we haven't really we haven't really really seen this slump and i said well look all these businesses around you are all telling us that they're they're down in April and there are reasons, you know, the Easter holidays sort of fell at a point where a lot of people took time off. There was the big floods in New South Wales, job keepers come off. So that's really dampened consumer demand. And then we've had all these sort of somewhat scary messages around uh, solar exports and so forth. Um, I said, what's your secret to survival? And he said, that's easy, diversity. Uh, when the solar install part of my business is down, I have other parts to my business that I can shift my focus to so that I'm not too heavily impacted and so that I can try and ride through this. And, I, and uh, it's exactly the kind of uh, secret to success and survival that I'm trying to tease out in this new series. So just a, a great reminder to everyone that the solar coaster is uh, in active force in April, it would it would seem, and I'm looking forward to going through those numbers more in detail once the month is closed. And then um, I'm, I'm going to give a little uh, sneak. Uh, sneaky. This isn't even on the agenda, Giles. I'm going to catch Ooh. you by surprise with this Ooh. one. Because um, today, uh, while I was driving out to Western Sydney, I remembered uh, that there had been talk, there had been quite a bit of talk about uh, an alleged solar manufacturing facility in um, Western Sydney. There are a lot of questions being asked about that. And in fact, some of the panels have been delisted, which I'd talked about previously, and there'd been claims about them being Australian made and some questions about that. And so when I was in my car today, I thought, oh, well, I'll go and knock on the door. So I went and knocked on the door. <laughs> I said, hello, is this the solar panel factory? My name's Nigel. 
Uh, and a quite surprised gentleman said, well, <laughs> yeah, you better come in. Uh, we, do, uh, we do actually know who you are. Come on in. And we had a little bit of a chat. And I said, so do you really have a solar panel factory here? And he said, yes, we do. It's out the back. And I said, well, give us a look. Um, and he said, okay. So he took me out the back. And I actually did see um, a small, fairly basic, um, but nonetheless, uh, genuine little manufacturing line in um, Western Sydney, which I have to say blew my, mind, blew my mind. Um, it wasn't the most sophisticated thing I've ever seen, but it was actually a genuine looking line. I can't uh, qualify anything around it from a technical perspective, but there were machines that went bing. There were people testing things. There were EL machines. There were, you know, all the typical things that you'll see in a basic little solar plant. There's a lot more to come around this story, and I'm actually going back for a formal tour when uh, they weren't actually in operation today, um, but uh, they invited me back for a formal tour next week. So uh, I actually look forward to that because there might be might be more to this than, uh, than we initially thought, Giles. So there you go. Mate, that could be another episode of Great Solar Business. You can have a title, you know, Machines That Go Bing. <laughs> Everyone's got to have one. Everyone's got to have one. Um, that's fantastic. Well, that's, that's, I'm, I'm intrigued now. I'm intrigued um, to learn to hear more about this. Um, that's, um, that's fantastic. A second <laughs> manufacturing business. So I'm just a bit lost for words, really. <laughs> Nothing like a surprise <laughs> mic drop at the end, eh? But yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't even remembered to put it on there. But, uh, but yeah, no, we'll, we'll come back to that. I want to do some more digging to understand a bit more about it. So I'll come back to it. <laughs> Good on you. Good for you for having the initiative to sort of pull over and sort of go up and knock on their front door and to accept the invitation to step inside. We know who you are. Please step inside. <laughs> You're a braver man than me, Nigel. I would have had the cameraman in tow. Anyway, um, look, I think that's about it. I think it's probably time to thank our sponsors again. Um, Sunwiz Solar Analytics and Clean Energy, and to thank all our listeners, including those who um, think that we're like a pair of old slippers. And if you share that view, um, that's fantastic. And please let us know. Do look out for Nigel's new program, which will come up next week. Um, great solar business sponsored by Solar Juice. Um, that should be a great listen. And Nigel will be back on air in a fortnight, just ahead of the Smart Energy Council. Thing. Or maybe we might have to. We might have to think about a scheduling change there. But um... I, well, I was looking at my schedule, going, I don't know how I'm going to do a podcast unless we do it live from the show. Perhaps you know, maybe we can maybe we can find a quiet corner, you and I, Giles, and just crack one out live. That might crack be fun. One out live. Oh hey? dear. Hey? Oh dear. I'll bring it's the armchair. Of... You bring the slippers. I'll bring the slippers. I'll bring. I'll bring a couple of pairs. One for you. One for me. And <laughs> one for the Goldilocks. Who, uh... <laughs> Who it is, mate? That's not a bad idea. We've actually done that in the past in a sort of more formal setting, but um, yeah, let's have a think about that one. Anyway, Nigel, thank you very much once again. Thanks to our sponsors, thanks to our producer, and wonderful work again. And uh, again soon. Bye for now. Solar Insiders was brought to you by Clanergy, the providers of high-quality mounting systems for residential, commercial, and utility-scale solar projects. With in-house engineering and projects divisions, Clenergy provides a unique edge with its expert advice. Let Clenergy find the right framework for any solar application. Solar Insiders was also brought to you by SunWiz, Australia's leading service provider for the solar and storage industry. SunWiz's new partnership with OpenSolar will amplify the value delivered by their world-leading solar software platform. 
with pro setup, training and assistance, run your business at maximum velocity. Visit sumwiz.com.au. Solar Insiders was also brought to you by Solar Analytics, developers of smart solar software you can trust for homes, businesses and solar retailers right here in Australia. Get more from your solar. Visit solaranalytics.com.au.